My name is Justin, and welcome to the second ever episode of BAMcast, the Badly Awesome Movies podcast. I've got a wonderful guest host with me today, the lovely Tara. Say hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Justin. I'm very excited to be here. Not a problem. Now, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Uh, Where may they know you from? Things like that. Okay. Um, Well, my (laughs) name is Tara. And I'm a bit of a geek and a gamer. I'm a software QA analyst out here in the lovely place called Minnesota. Um, And I've done a couple of podcasts a couple years ago. uh, The Most Popular Girls on the Internet and The Siege and Old Republic Radio and... That's that's kind of it, really. I, I haven't done any podcasting the last couple of years, so bear with me, be kind, be gentle with Always. me. Always. <laughs> uh, Temp Gotti is obviously where I know you from, um, the most popular girls on the internet. It ran for quite a few years, didn't it? Yeah, we did uh, five years, just uh, um, exploration and geekery and gaming and technology. Alcohol. And alcohol, yes. Hell yes, lots of alcohol. Oh, I forgot <clears throat> that today. <laughs> How could you forget that? It's only 9am in the morning for me, so uh, it's coffee for myself. But that's the uh, the wonders of time zones, me being in Melbourne and uh, you being in Minnesota. Absolutely. You know what? We love coffee here too. Ah, coffee's great. I, I, has America heard of coffee? I think there is this thing <laughs> called a tea party, and it became very popular. Ah. <laughs> uh, my uh, my youngest daughter, my oldest daughter, is um, obsessed with all things American culture, and she's desperate to go to a Starbucks. Oh well, and gosh, we've got a couple in Melbourne, so they've they've expanded out here. But um, oh, we only have one I, on every corner. Hmm. Yeah, it's sort of like she can pubs find in one. <laughs> yeah, that's why I love England. Oh, England's great for um, if if you need to find a pub in a hurry, there's there's no better place to be. And All right, I guess we should we should probably tell the listeners what we're uh, reviewing today. So today we are going to be reviewing a beautiful 1990 horror film directed by an Italian director named Claudio Fragasso, and the name of the film is. Troll 2. I hadn't watched this before. I, I knew you had seen this before, and uh, that was one of the reasons I thought it'd be great to record with you, uh, because I do remember you talking about it many, many years ago on your podcast. And um, I'll uh, go through the, the quick synopsis for this on uh, IMDb, uh, which is basically that a family vacationing in a small town discovers the entire town is inhabited by goblins in disguise as humans who plan to eat them. Vegetarian goblins, even. They are. The Right from the start, this movie does, doesn't pull back any punches. It, it actually opens up with a no credits, no intro music, no nothing. It's just bang, <laughs> there's... Um, a guy in this awesome little elf hat. The greatest. Running. I call it the Peter Pan hat. You call it an elf hat? I call it, yeah, I thought he jumped yeah, off of it, a jar of Jif or something. <laughs> um, running, running through the forest, being chased by goblins. You then find out that 
it's actually a story being told by a grandfather to his grandson, very similar to the intro of The Princess Bride. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a rip-off of The Princess Bride almost. Oh, totally. And it's not the only rip-off that comes in in this movie. There's there's a musical rip-off towards the end as well. So, but yeah, this is just a blatant ripoff. The, of the goblins the don't even look like goblins to me. They oh. look like bald Ewoks. They're just horrible. And, <laughs> <laughs> it is literally the for the people that haven't seen this movie, the goblins are probably about what five foot tall or thereabouts. They're they're fairly short. Most of them, they are literally just wearing a hessian sack and a blatantly rubber. Halloween mask is a pretty terrible look and and it does really set the scene for the rest of this movie um, I love how with this this start and this intro that this sets off the fact that whenever there's a goblin chase 1980s car chase synth music begins to play completely doesn't fit with the scene right <laughs> oh absolutely yeah, the, the music um just seems to be pretty much all synth which is fine because it's you know suits the, the time period i think but um yeah it do- doesn't fit in with the tension of a attack from a monster so uh <laughs> we have the the goblins have chased this this guy um i think his name was actually peter yes peter which, in guess, the peter pan hat peter in the peter pan hat he gets chased he falls in what is like a textbook wrestling role, I think. Yeah, he just tucks his head in nicely and just does a wonderful little tumble and then apparently gets knocked unconscious. Wakes up. There's a beautiful woman with some blatantly fake freckles. I heard those are coming in. <clears throat> like, into a oh, trend. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> you're only saying that because you're a redhead. <laughs> I have no freckles. <laughs> I should well, get some. Yeah, get some. They're a new trend, I just heard. Be right back in my eyeliner. (laughs) Kidding. (laughs) So he wakes up and gets fed, or wakes up, sees this beautiful woman with some fake freckles, and she um, looks lovingly into his eyes, he looks lovingly into hers. Yes, because he's just been chased by goblins. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Poof, there she is. Consistency is, yes. (laughs) <laughs> common sense doesn't really kick in very much in this movie at all we have um them staring into each other's eyes and she gives him a drink to replenish his energy and then we find out that she's really an evil goblin in disguise and that the drink that she's just given him turns him into a man plant yeah and the goblins can change their form anytime they want that's right and yet they still all pick ugly hillbilly hick forms. To <laughs> like Trump supporters or something. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, any Trump supporters that are listening. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. this is so bizarre because what she's feeding him actually looks like something from an old family potluck. Oh, no. Yep. Yeah. Where like a green jello marshmallow frothy ecto cooler it, it looks pretty mix gross. up thing <laughs> yeah like i wouldn't drink that would you drink that like if a hot chick came up to you and with fake fake freckles and was like mm, here have some of my goop well 
if you word it like that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Depends how hot she was. It depends on how fake the freckles are, too. Well, yes. So that's the opening scene. He then gets turned into a plant man and the trolls descend on him and uh, start chewing into him. There is a lot of green goo in this whole movie. And Grandpa Um, narrates this as tree sap. I don't know what trees are like on your side of the planet, but on my side of the planet, it's not ecto-cooler colored. No, no, it's not. It's Kermit the Frog green, I reckon. That's probably the closest. No, it's a bit dark. It's, um... Yeah, no, no, <laughs> like, like, the frog green. I'm going to stick with Kermit the Frog Green. I'm colorblind. I don't frog. care. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we've we've got Grandpa narrating over this whole thing, and then Mum comes in to the bedroom, and we find out that uh, Grandpa isn't really there telling this story. He's a figment of of the child's imagination, apparently. Dun dun dun. <laughs> this is the first really bad bit of acting that that I get, which is uh, when she comes in and she goes, how many times have I got to say, you know? And and then you can tell she's just reading straight off a script, you know? Oh, mother Grandpa was terrifying. Died six months ago. Explains you know? the whole Gra- family tree thing. Oh, yes. It was That's very it, disturbing, <laughs> especially for me, his daughter. Oh, that I lost it at that point. So you know the um, secret behind this movie is this director had insisted that the actors read the script verbatim, make no changes. Yes, yeah. Um, and, and then the actors desperately wanted to ad lib, but they they weren't allowed to. Although yeah. saying actor is probably a stretch considering the um, they were inexperienced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um, the. The actor that played the dad was, and, and apparently still is, a dentist. That's correct. Yes. And he uh, he just came in to, expecting to get maybe a bit part or something like that, and he, he got the dad role. Oh, yeah. I think he lived up to the dad role pretty well. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he was pretty good at being bad, and he really put a lot of energy into, into the script. No real skill, but a lot of energy. No, so what... I think that's what really intrigues me about this movie is that this movie is a caricature of Americans through the eyes mm. uh, of an Italian because they're they're made to read the script verbatim. So it, it, I don't know. It, it, I guess it sort of makes it eerie in a sense, like in the way that maybe a, a Lynch show, like mm. David Lynch show, would would have um like twin peaks for instance where things are so weird but people continue on as normal yeah (laughs) it's um it's it's definitely a unique take uh so we have um the the revelation that the grandpa is is dead and then uh, we get a little bit of backstory about how they're doing a family exchange and they're off to nilbog which doesn't raise any alarm bells for anyone at this stage that Nilbog yeah. is goblin spelt backwards. But they're off to Nilbog and they're going to have a family from Nilbog stay at their house for a month. They're going to stay at Nilbog for a month and you know, try their hand at being simple farming folk. They jump in the family car. They they head off. The girlfriend, the daughter, 
Yeah, there's um, a side story here. Yes. So we've got the the not unattractive, I'm going to say over 18 daughter. Holly. Is doing, Holly, <laughs> yes. Is um, you, you first see her doing weights in her room, doing bench presses, and her boyfriend, Elliot, comes up the, a ladder on the side of the house, which I'm pretty sure all American kids do that. It, it's something I've, it I've never happened to me, but <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you what about the scene really bothers me. She's mm-hmm. wearing a weightlifting belt, but she's bre- bench pressing. Okay, I'm a dork, but <laughs> back then... <laughs> I, I didn't pick that up. <laughs> back then, I, I, I actually kind of... It's weird because the first time when this movie came out, I was Holly's age. And now I'm watching it. I'm actually a crazy, uh, kooky mom's age. But <laughs> it's, um, I, rem- I remembered just that part and, and the posters on the wall. Everything just seems like there's so much going on. There's so many different uh, bits of American pop culture just all over the kids' rooms. You see it everywhere. Oh, yeah, there, there is. There's... If he had have been paid for product placement, he'd be a billionaire by now. <laughs> the the amount of things he's chucked in their rooms. But, uh, yeah, so Elliot comes in and um, there's a bit of a talk and uh, th- they put in the subplot of Elliot wants to be with her, she wants to be with him, but he's always got his friends tagging along and she's sick of it. And the dad doesn't like him because he's a no-good Nick and He's a uh fat playboy son of the coopers yes that's it <laughs> and <laughs> so she she gets him to agree to come with them to nilbog for a month without his friends and without his parents permission oh well <laughs> we don't know he's a playboy <laughs> <laughs> certainly so they they set off to um to go off to nilbog elliot never shows up and uh, the daughter's heartbroken. So to fill in the time, and uh, this is just another wonderfully bad acted scene. Oh, why don't you sing me that song that, that I love? Yes, I don't feel like singing. <laughs> oh, come <go> on. Row, row, row your boat. <laughs> sing me that song you, I love. Row, row, row your boat. That, that kind of made my ears bleed a little as I, as I listened to that. That is really the the first part of watching that movie is where I was in that part of, am I in reality? Am I really sitting here? Am I watching this? Why am I watching this? I can't turn away. I, no. I can't turn away. The other thing that happens in the car at this point is that he does uh, fall asleep. And uh, when he wakes up, oh, when he when he falls asleep, he has a nightmare about uh, his parents turning into goblins and his sister turning into a goblin, and um, him turning into a plant person. You get to see a bit of a transformation of him becoming part person with plant bits coming out of him and and all that. He's yeah so, so becoming topiary. Too bad. <laughs> um, yeah, the, for for practical effects, it. it it was bad, but it, it was probably quite reasonable considering the budget they had. It was probably better, well, it was better than the troll masks, that's for sure. And the fact that they were following, they they had a pickup truck, I think, with a VHS camcorder uh, following 
or the tr- that the minivan that they're in is following mm. so they can get some external shots too. Yes. They get to Nilbog. They arrive at the farm and the other family is is blatantly weird. You're late. Yes. The, yeah, they they're blatantly weird. They look creepy. The kid loves well, the the kid is a fan of Peaky Blinders, obviously. Ahead mm, of his time. That, yes. There, there are some wonderful hats, isn't there? In this, um, he's got this um, really odd-looking, like, 50s... No, 30s cap? Yeah, like yeah, old, like a newsie. Yeah. <laughs> mm, like, a, like an old newspaper boy. And uh, so they go off to, to do the house exchange. The um, family goes inside and has a look around, and they're happy... And then, um, and there's green food everywhere. See, yes, they they come into the the family area, and there's a table set out with green drink, blue drink, all sorts of food with like a green cheese yeah. color, like cr- like a cream cheese dyed green type spread over it. You know, the, the dad's wrapped. It's like, oh, good old hospitality. This is what farmers are like. It's hospitality. Green butter. Yeah. Yes. For my <laughs> corn on the cob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> so they all sit down. They're about to start eating. And, and the son has another vision of grandpa. And grandpa says, you know, Look, don't let them eat their food. They're going to turn into plant people like in the story I just told you when I was already dead. Oh, no, Grandpa. What do I do? (laughs) Well, I'll freeze time for 30 seconds and you can think of something. Then about a minute passes while he starts looking yes, around. Yes, the going, first hmm, 30 seconds, he's just... And what I love about this is there's no freeze frame. The actors are just I, sitting still. And Mom's yeah. got the drinking shakes. She is yes. trying to hold that Bismarck as still as she can, and she can't. Yes, yes. It's, it's clear that there's no, no special effects here. They've just been told to not move. A good minute passes for this uh, 30 seconds. The time is frozen, so great continuity error there. And then the kid's looking around, he's trying to think, how the hell am I going to stop them? They've all got food like an inch away from their mouth. They're going to get turned into goblin gook. What am I going to do? We're not, I know. We're not going to take the food out of their hands. No, sir. <laughs> Would you like to explain his wonderful plan? Oh, he hops on the chair and pisses <laughs> on the table, which, you know, confuses me because some of that food was, like, just about at lip level. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, but, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. So, thankfully, we don't actually see the scene. We see um, him jump up on the table and um, start to mess with his zipper, and then we see the food being scraped into the bin. The dad sends him to his room with, uh, I think, one of the greatest lines in the movie. You can't. You don't piss on hospitality. (laughs) I won't allow it. I I know that is one of the things um, that I learned from Troll 2 is that you can't piss on hospitality. Yes. So true. Never thought about it that way before. (laughs) Having successfully prevented his family from... uh, turning into goop they then um cut to a scene of elliot and his friends who barely get named but uh 
the friends are there in a camper van. Uh, no, tra- RV, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're off in an RV together. They've pulled up just outside of Nilbog. Elliot has told his friends that it's full of hot single women and um, that they're all going to get lucky and, you know, them mm-hmm. being American teenagers have obviously just gone with that. Arnold, one of the friends, goes out for some fresh air and sees a woman being chased through the forest. Yeah, she's running, screaming. Or, or running, running, screaming, and he chases after her going, wait, 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 tackles her to the ground because that's what you do to someone who's running away petrified. And, and screaming. And, mm-hmm. and screaming. She goes, oh, my God, you're actually human. You're not one of those things. He looks up and there's a, a dozen or so goblins with spears just a couple of feet away from them that have come up to them and... He just goes all macho. <laughs> this is this um, you know, pretty weedy looking kid. And he's just like, goes up to the group of goblins and full on just, right, you better get away. I'm here now. And rawr. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, you know, You're in trouble now, dwarves. Yeah. <laughs> and their response is to uh, chuck a spear into his shoulder. I was on the goblin side of this at this at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I pretty much didn't didn't like Arnold's attitude at that stage. Arnold and the girl, who I don't think ever gets a name, run off and they find a church slash house. She says, let's go into that house and it's a church. Mm-hmm. Yes, where we get the first view of uh, who I call Crazy Druid Lady. Credence. Yes. Credence something something. I'd have to check on Credence Clearwater Revival. I don't remember her last name. (laughs) (laughs) Credence Leonor Gild. Gild? Of Druid Origin. Oh, yeah. I love this character. She chews the scenery so much. There is uh, just just so much blatant overacting. She's um, reminds she's lovely. me of like uh, I don't know. Here in Minnesota, we have something called the Renaissance Festival, where mm-hmm. you probably have some type of festival where people run around in period costume with over exaggerated accents, possibly. Um, or did we only celebrate that in the United States? We we don't really have much in the way of Renaissance fairs, which is a shame because I'd be totally down for that. We have Oktoberfest. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. So we can you know, put on fake accents, dress up sure. in um, overly stereotypical costumes and get drunk. Nah, that sounds like, um, I'm sorry, but a person hasn't lived till they've done that. Yes, I, I used to LARP, so I'm totally down with any of that sort of stuff. Credence comes off to me as a LARPer, sincerely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, she, she does. Yeah, wonderful scene-chewing acting. It, really, really fun to watch. She, to me, she's one of the highlights of the movie. You, you said earlier on about how you wouldn't have drunk what Peter drunk when the girl with the fake freckles gave him that drink. Right. Well, that's nothing compared to what Credence gives these two. They come into the house. They're obviously wounded, exhausted, panicked. And she brings these big, 
science fiction foaming jugs yeah. of stuff broth she calls stuff. it yeah yeah she she calls it an herbal broth you know this stuff looks like it's just been poured out of a beaker by a mad scientist yeah we've got the foam we've got the steam we've it it just looks it looks totally it looks a top. bit scary and uh yeah. and, and and of course they just have a drink of it yes let's have a go yeah let's let's just drink it because this strange lady gave us foaming f- drink it's more of the troll tainted food and drink so the girl starts transforming on the spot into um into a plant goop now what thing. i yeah what i don't understand is some people turn into plant goop and some people turn into plants yeah and poor I, arnold suddenly yeah. starts feeling as though he's stuck in spot it's because he's turning into a plant and he seems to have taken root this brings us to one of the other brilliant lines from this movie. He's unable to move. He's stuck there. And he sees the goblins coming in and eating the girl. And it's like... <laughs> they're eating her. Oh, my God. They're eating her. And I'm going to be... And then they're going to eat me. Oh, my God. <laughs> so woefully acted. It's just hilarious. It, it's been... A uh, bit of an internet meme as well. We're um, totally cranked up to eleven badnesses. I love it. So we leave Arnold there for the for the time being, and we go back to the house where Holly has a vision of Grandpa. That is creepy. <laughs> yeah, he just sort of appears in her mirror and scares the crap out Grandpa's of her. Grandpa's disembodied head. I think that would be yeah. a great band name. Just, I would actually. Grandpa's disembodied head. Coming to a town near you. Grandpa's head. Disembodied. There's a little interaction there, and they decide to swap rooms so that um, the the son can have a look at Grandpa and have a chat with him. Yes. And uh, nothing really sort of happens during that scene. Other than the fact that Grandpa says there is great evil in this place. Well, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> You're a nilbog. And then we go back to um, Elliot and his mates. Uh, another one of his friends, Drew, goes to go off shopping. Because there's no coffee, no milk, no nothing. Because nobody thought to bring even Mountain Dew and Doritos. Yeah, poor Drew. I mean, really, he's he's the he's become kind of the housemaid at this point mm. but it's good that he does a few seconds of stretching before throwing on his backpack and chucking it down the road yep he starts jogging down the road a police car pulls up beside him and we meet the wonderfully named sheriff gene freak sheriff gene freak and sheriff's a kind person too oh absolutely he gives him a lift gives him a sandwich yeah, a, a slightly greenish sandwich. Hmm. There's, there's definitely a bit of a green theme with the food there. It's almost as if they're goblins trying to poison people and turn them into plant men. Nah, probably nothing. So Drew starts having the sandwich, goes into um, the coffee, sh- the um, the general store. This is another great little casting story. Um, I don't know if you know this bit or not, but the guy that runs the general store, when Drew comes in, the owner comes out from the back of the store he looks 
creepy. He looks vague. He's the best actor in the whole dang movie. He wasn't acting. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he was a mental patient. Yes. That was on day release. Yes. And high on drugs. Yes. That explains why he was so convincing, because that was pretty much what he thought was happening. Then, uh, I've got to watch the documentary. I think you already have. The The guy that played the son ended up making a documentary called um, Best Worst Movie. Yep. About the creation of, of, of Goblin 2, and that's where a lot of these stories come from. And, uh, yeah, I think I need to give that a watch at some stage. I didn't have a chance to watch it before the show today. But there's there is a beauty in that in that documentary in that people love the movie. They make fun of the movie. But some of the people that are in the movie are very serious about it and about their fame. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah, we could we could sit and talk about that whole documentary for an hour, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but we won't. Um, we'll talk about it. We won't. We won't. So, yeah, Drew meets the shop owner, gets told that coffee is the devil's drink when when he tries to order some coffee. Pretty much anything he gets told, anything he tries to ask for, he gets told is evil. Yeah. Could have had some ecto-cooler. There was some of that on the counter and some Gatorade. And some Nilbog milk with extra vitamin D. Just saying those words together just sounds wrong. (laughs) <laughs> Nilbog milk. Mm. There, there's, mm. there's a real market for that, I'm sure. Part of this complete breakfast. Yes, and we saw the mum pouring some of that Nilbog milk into the sink earlier, and it looked like it was about three weeks past its best before date. It was just this chunky, horrible mess. It was, yeah, part cottage yeah. cheese. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it uh, certainly isn't something you'd want to drink. Now, let me see. We had uh, another scene change here where uh, we go back to poor old Arnold, who's now in a pot. Yes, Being, a potted um, Arnold. Full-on plant person now. He's got branches and uh, leaves, and he's been planted into a, a giant pot plant. I would like to say that these people, they they had a way of seeing into the future because Arnold is pretty much Groot at this point. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although Groot could talk better. Arnold's mouth is covered in bark, so you can just get a... ...from him at this stage. So at the same time that the other friend, Drew, was going into Nilbog to get some groceries, so were the dad and the son. They get to the shops and have the... The, the grocery store was closed, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... I, I think, cause, yeah, gone to church. Hmm. The son sort of looks into a, just glances in the car mirror and sees the sign for Nilbog and realizes, oh my god, it's goblin spelled backwards. <gasps> We're in the heart of the goblin kingdom. Yes. <laughs> he decides to leave the only sensible adult around, which is his dad. Not overly sensible, but... And and skates off on his American teenage skateboard. Yeah, Dad falls asleep uh, reading a vegetable cookbook. Very Mm. small vegetable cookbook. Yes, absolutely enthralling. After finding out that the town is full of goblins and it is in the heart of the goblin kingdom, he does the only sensible thing he could possibly do 
and they just find a creepy looking house and go into it. You know, for no apparent yeah. reason. For a kid that's scared of everything, he just picks his skateboard right up and goes right in there. We see the church congregation, the goblin preacher in human form, and, and all the townspeople, including, including the family. Yeah. Oh, yes. Including the family that left. Yeah. Mm, the, including the family that did the exchange. Yes. And the uh, the young boy in the, um, the, the newspaper hat. And so he's listening in on the sermon. The preacher's... Oh, how would you describe the preacher? You know, at this point, I'm starting to see this, uh, this as an allegory for vegetarianism as a religion or a cult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which uh, I think is pretty much how... Um, the director was was pitching it. Yes. Uh, I've from what I've read, there was a lot of anti-vegetarian propaganda in there because a lot of the director's friends had decided to become vegetarians, and he didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. Or his um, wife, I think, didn't like it. But I, I thought, I thought at this point that preacher was really scary, and he was yeah. he wasn't too bad of an actor. I, I've got to yeah. say. The, the, the preacher pulled off the creepy preacher thing reasonably well. But yeah, he keeps going on about stinky humans and their horrible eating of meat and... Ugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> the kid's looking in, seeing what's going on, and he bumps the skateboard. People realise that there's someone there. Somehow, and the, the physics of this sort of defies explanation... The preacher in, in a standard-sized room with a standard-sized person is somehow able to reach his entire hand up through the roof and grab the kid by the head. So either he's grown, you know, two or three yeah. feet or something, but, yeah, this is hand. The instant the skateboard makes a noise, it's just like, thump. Yeah, bad, bad timing for that kid. Seriously, we never yeah. saw him ride a skateboard once, and and the day he takes it out, it just gets him into trouble. Mm-hmm. That's why they put but, no skating signs everywhere mm-hmm. on the sidewalk, kids. Now yeah, you've learned your lesson. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the kid gets caught, and they try to feed him some Nilbog ice cream. At least they're trying a variety of foods. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, that didn't look like ice cream to me. They were they kept no. adding little things to it too. And the the dad comes in and and actually does the right thing there by um sort of going, "What the hell do you think you're doing?" Takes his son away and they just get the hell out of there being um reasonably creeped out. At this point we go back to the church house with credence crazy jeweled lady. Oh, her house, Drew stumbles across Arnold, who's now even more plant-like, rips the the bark off his face so that he can talk, and then they proceed to make the slowest escape I've ever seen. <laughs> that, um, that scene had me rolling. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, come on, drag the pot. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've got Arnold still in the pot. And it's a big pot, and I've had to move pots that size around, and they are not light. So he's dragging the pot, like, maybe two inches at a time. It's like, you know, right, two inches, two inches. 
they're not getting anywhere. And I'm thinking, but, I hope this scene doesn't go on for much longer. And it doesn't. Credence shows up, just totally bitch slaps Drew halfway across the room. Then decides that Arnold has not been a good little houseplant. She housebreaks him. Yeah, well, she chainsaws him. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she goes, you won't feel any pain, you'll just feel a slight tickle. Fires up the chainsaw. <laughs> and it, um, I just love the way Arnold and he just giggles. Like, laughs. Yeah, yes. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> we've, we've had the, the goblins trying and trying and trying to, to get the family to eat food and, uh, and turn into their own sort of fruity, vegetable goop people. And uh, nothing else has worked, so they decide to throw a party. Joshua and the dad come home to find that the residents of Nilbog... By the way, population 26. Yes. Just chucking a random random bit of trivia in there. The population of Nilbog is at their house, throwing a party for them. There's dancing, there's lots of food. There's the same song being played over and over and over. Oh, yeah. With some la-la-la music going on. Yeah. Little singing, right? Is La 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 singing? I don't know. Yeah. Some hand well, clapping. Out of sync hand clapping. Uh, if they were in sync, it wouldn't be this movie. Right. <laughs> yep, they come to the party. Joshua realizes what's going on. He sees all the food there. He knows what's going to happen. So he tries to summon Grandpa. And instead of Grandpa coming, a goblin smashes through the mirror, tries to kill him. Mm-hmm. Grandpa then materializes and chops off the goblin's hand. Grandpa materializes with an axe somehow. Yeah, well, at least it wasn't the chainsaw. The the leaps of logic here just need to be skimmed fast, don't they? Grandpa can freeze time. Sure. Does it ever happen again? No. Grandpa can materialize. Okay, sure. With an axe. Why not? All right. Yeah. And, and a uh, fire extinguisher at another point, too. And a Molotov cocktail. Yes. The, um, we find out that the goblin that came through was actually Credence, because we later see her with the hand chopped off. The, the son asks Grandpa for his plan. And as you mentioned, the plan is a Molotov cocktail. They end up running into the preacher. The preacher gets set on fire. They're screaming, and everyone runs out of the house, and they see the preacher on fire. Dad puts him out with the... Um, fire extinguisher which he doesn't question that it's no, there but no but why, why would you with everything else that's going on grandpa's gone but he left his trusty fire extinguisher that was nice. yes yeah to, to remember him by mm-hmm. they put the preacher out and the corpse that remains is that of a goblin and suddenly the family realizes huh maybe the kid isn't that crazy after all they then cut over to the to credence where she is pretty much armless on one side because of the uh, the previously mentioned axe. And she prays. She prays to the Lord of the Magic Rock. Yes, she shoves her arm in a rock crevice and mm-hmm. regenerates like a troll. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Or, or a Time Lord. Yep. Yeah. My days of D&D must be too far behind me when I go Time Lord over regenerating trolls. She also becomes like 20 years younger And gets better teeth 
Much better teeth. I am liking this new rock dental plan. Yeah, yeah. That certainly beats going to the dentist. So, um, yeah, so she turns into sexy Elvira mad druid priestess. Um, meanwhile, the family's decided to that their new plan to survive the goblins is to have a seance yes. and bring Grandpa back. We have a house full of candles and not a single candle holder. Nope. The, uh, the, the way they come about this is great. Another classic line from the movie, you know. They're, they're trying to work out what to do, and the sister goes, what are we going to do? Call a seance? <gasps> great plan, sis! You're a genius! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we get to one of the... What, what I think is a great little scene, and that is where Credence in her, her young, sexy body decides to take over the television set in the RV try and seduce the last friend that's still alive and hanging around. With a twisted Creative Commons version of Leave Your Hat On. Yes. The the friend's watching TV in the RV and it suddenly changes to a um, forest scene on the television and the, the young version of Credence sort of dancing along with some cheap knockoff leave your hat on playing she comes into the and then he realizes that that's actually just outside his rv she comes in to seduce him and this this is the bit this where is I, what i call the corn cob seduction scene or corn yeah, cob that, erotica yeah yeah i'm sure there's a fetish for that i wonder somewhere. i was just wondering yeah you know what? i'm not going to google it right now no no we don't need any viruses <laughs> I'll, I'll, on probably, I'll probably get I'll probably get too distracted. Yeah, she's blatantly trying to seduce him. She's also trying to get him to eat more food because that's what all the trolls want him to do. She basically sticks one end of the corn cob, one side of the corn cob in his mouth and hers on the other and they start kissing and then it gets hot. And when I say hot, I mean the corn cob bursts into popcorn. And and who knew that much popcorn could be produced from a single corn cob? Oh, absolutely. It's amazing. No. You know, this was my yeah. favorite scene this of the film. This could world This is my absolute favorite scene. I mean, he is just covered in popcorn when they flash back to him later. What I don't understand about this scene, though, is nothing seems to happen to this guy. No. She, she comes in. She pops some popcorn. Yep. And, and then leaves off. him going, no more popcorn. Yeah. That just seems completely out of character for the whole movie. Which is why I think this is the best movie ever. Oh, I, I loved watching this movie. It was so bad. I loved it. So we go back to the seance. The grandpa says that they must destroy the magic stone. By Joshua touching it. Somehow get, by touching it. Joshua somehow gets teleported to the druid to Credence's house. Yeah, physically I exactly transported. How... I don't know. Yeah, she, he just appears there. He gets attacked by goblins. Grandpa saves him. Joshua's in the house. Uh, that's the son's name. We haven't actually said that over the whole review. Uh, Joshua's cornered by goblins. Grandpa comes in and saves him because he's materialized for no apparent reason. They start to touch the stone, which sounds far dirtier than it actually is they touch the stone they put their goodness into it 
Yes, okay, yes. Than Gramp- it is. But Grandpa doesn't <laughs> touch it. He's he he's kind of got hover hand over this over this rock, and I don't really understand why. But maybe nah. it's because he's immaterial, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, or or it could just be bad acting. That could also just yeah. be it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we we flash back to the family along with um oh, I've forgotten his name. The Elliot? boyfriend Elliot. The family along with Elliot who were um about to get killed by goblins, they've completely been surrounded. The goblins turn around and say Oh no, our queen is in trouble! And run off back to chase the queen because the the magic from Joshua and Grandpa is working. Yeah, they just sort of poofed out of nowhere, right? And you... Uh, they, no, they, they more or less just barreled out of the house. Oh, did they? They, um, I thought... just, they just turned and run. I thought there was just like a poof. Them. No, no, they, um, I think they just turned and ran. But regardless, family saved! Hurrah! Goblins come back to the the witch's house. Now have Grandpa and Joshua in trouble. And Grandpa gives Joshua his backpack. And he goes, only open this when you desperately need it. Where did Grandpa get the backpack? Although at this point Um, he summoned a fire extinguisher and an axe and a Molotov cocktail. Yeah, Uh Yeah, he gives this mystery contents of the backpack to Joshua and disappears because he um, was only summoned for a short amount of time. Joshua's surrounded by goblins. He's got no hope left, so he reaches into the backpack and pulls out a double-decker bologna sandwich! Ah, Think about the cholesterol! cholesterol. (laughs) Think about the toxins! The toxins! So the food, the meat completely freaks out the vegetarian goblins, buys them the opportunity for him to get to the stone and touch it. The rest of the family runs in. We've got the big rescue. Everyone's touching the, f- the stone and putting their good vibes into it. The goblins all die. Everyone's happily ever after. We get a lot of scenes of a special effect of a lightning bolt. And there have been a couple of lightning bolt scenes earlier in the movie where stuff's happened. And it's only when they start doing it blatantly, like four or five times in a row, that you realise that they've just got the one, like one second special effect that they keep reusing of a single lightning bolt. Maybe Grandpa's the LARPer, not Credence. And he keeps casting lightning bolt. Lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. (laughs) (laughs) So the trolls all die, so the goblins all die, and um, everyone's safe, and Elliot's just automatically taken into the family, because, well, all of his other friends are dead or covered in popcorn, and so no one has any issues with him anymore, because he's not going to hang out with his friends. They return home, everything's nice and safe, mum goes with Elliot back into the house, she grabs some food out of the fridge because she's starving because they haven't eaten the entire time they were in Nilbog. He goes up to his room. She has a shower. Then he realises something's wrong. He hears some whispering. Yes. Right? And uh, at a tennis ball or baseball with green icing written writing on it. says, we're going to eat your mum. Your mommy's so yummy, mommy's so good. That's, I think that's <laughs> what it said. 
<laughs> Yummy yeah. mommy is so good. I was thinking that is so gross. Yes. <laughs> yeah. On so many yes. levels of gross. <laughs> yep. So he runs into the bathroom. Mum's not there, but there's green goop in the shower. And then he runs around looking for her and she's being eaten by goblins. Which had apparently died like two minutes ago. But hey, twist ending! Twist ending. And at this point, I learned two things. Mm-hmm. One, that wasn't a bad set of jello boobs. And two, <laughs> this movie two. does a lot of up nostril shots. And then certain screaming um, shots where the kid is screaming. He's got a boogie in his nose, and you can't help but not see it every time you watch the movie now. And sorry, now you're going to see it, too. I am, aren't I? <laughs> so, and uh, one of the goblins talks uh, for this final scene as well. I think he says something along the lines of, Hey, Joshua, do you want to eat your mum? Oh, yeah, do you want some? And then roll credits. And roll credits. Yeah. Oh, look, this this movie was so terrible that I absolutely loved it. It is best seen is. for this terrible movie. It's best to see it with friends and to have a perfect mm. menu selected of yep. green food <laughs> and drink. Yes, I I could I, I would headline this in a in a bad movie marathon. This was great. So we've got a rating scale that, we, that I use for movies. Based on Plan 9 from Outer Space, we rate the movies on a scale of 1 to 9. 1 is just a boring, bad movie. It's it's bad, but not so bad that it's good. Far, moving up to 5, which is just a movie. So you know, pretty much anything on in the cinemas would be a 5. And then going all the way up to 9 is something that is... Just pure perfection of so bad that it's good. And I would have to rate this as a good 8.5 out of 9. This is one of the best bad movies ever. It is. I I find it in... It's good in that sort of cut your own hair away. You know, where it's so imperfectly perfect. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, Yes. Well, I think I'm going to definitely watch this again come maybe St. Patrick's Day and celebrate Mm -hmm. some more green. The other one for St. Patrick's Day could Leprechaun Leprechaun. 4. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Recently watched, prior to starting this, did a few movie reviews on the Renaissance Men podcast. They had a section called Die Cinema Die where they would review movies and we, I sort of started out doing that before coming onto this show. Yeah, we covered Leprechaun. As part of watching Leprechaun, I watched the entire series. Well, you can't just have one. Oh, no. The latest remake was probably the only one I didn't really enjoy because it didn't have the the real Warwick Davis Leprechaun. It had uh, one of the midget wrestlers from the WWE and uh, it just wasn't as good. Fake Leprechauns. That's it. Now, uh, I'm going to bring up... We didn't really have any community reviews, but we did have a... um, We did have some comments from Ben. Now, 
This is actually hosted on the Asia Mania podcast feed. With the Asia Mania podcast, Ben is the uh, main host of that, and um, he was my co-host on the first episode. Yes, everybody knows Ben. Yeah. And he did start watching it. Um, Now, I should say, I watched this on YouTube, so if anyone wants to watch this, I highly recommend it. There's a couple of different versions on YouTube. There's one that's only like a half screen. There's one that's a bit fuzzy. The one that I ended up watching was through a site called Mr. Film Wizard. And it broke it up into nine minute chunks, but the quality was actually quite good. So, um... Actually, we watched it on that one. That That's actually a really good channel. I enjoyed that one mm. very much. Yeah, he watched it on one of the other ones. And he left the comment of... Uh, thoughts on Troll 2. This was pretty damn terrible as expected. I only got about halfway through before tapping out, as my free time is too precious to waste on such trash. Matters weren't helped as the YouTube version was zoomed in and for a lot of the time it was like the Muppet Babies cartoon and you couldn't see any human faces. 2 out of 9 score as the troll masks were better than I expected. Uh, We didn't have any other community comments this time around unfortunately. That was um, Ben, so thanks Ben for for watching that, uh, for for sending that in. I think I have an explanation for it. The community Mm -hmm. was so in awe... They forgot what a computer even was. That's how in awe they were. Yeah. <sighs> oh, I haven't asked you. What would you rate this out of nine? Out of nine? Oh, no, no. This mm-hmm. cranks up to 11. This is by far a piece <laughs> of genius work. You know, it, 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 it's amazing that it did not get the award for best costuming. I certainly thought it could have been a contender. But no, uh, sorry. It, yeah, next decade. It, it was ne- next time. Yeah, there's apparently going to be a troll, a a sequel. A, um, a troll three. You know what I love about Troll Two is it has nothing to do with the first troll, and there are no trolls in it. And well, the the rumor I've heard for the sequel to Troll for for this is that it's actually going to be called Goblins Two. And feature no goblins, but have a troll. That makes complete sense to me. I'm finally, (laughs) finally somebody who's got a bit of continuity. (laughs) I guess before we wrap up and go through the the housekeeping stuff, is there anything you would like to pimp? Twitter handle, anything you're doing at the moment, anyone you want to give a shout out to? Hi, Mom. Just kidding, my mom's dead. Hi, Tara's mom. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. Does she know Grandpa? <laughs> she might. Does she know in Grandpa fact, Sith? In fact, I, uh, I might drum up a bologna sandwich later and see if she's out and about. There you go. Yeah. All right. A little bit of housekeeping then. Our email, if anyone wants to send in an email, is badlyawesomemovies at gmail.com. Our Twitter address is bam underscore cast. We are part of the Asia Mania podcast, which is available on Twitter as Asia Mania Pod and on Facebook as The Asia Mania Podcast. And if you're listening to us on that feed, feel free to check out the main show. Next month's movie, we've 
done a one-off movie which was Kung Fury for our first show. We've done a sequel, Troll 2, for our second movie. So it's only fair that we go for a number three for our third movie. And we are going to be reviewing Howling 3, The Marsupials, an Ozploitation werewolf movie. The Marsupials. Is the Marsupials. How about that? So can- kangaroos. I was um, going to say, something a little <laughs> assy, right? Oh, yeah. it Bring a franchise down under. I was going to recommend Xanadu to you. <laughs> I used to... Actually, no, I didn't I didn't so much love Xanadu. I just sort of, at that age, Olivia Newton-John didn't look too bad. Oh, who didn't um, have a crush on Olivia Newton-John? I had a crush on Olivia Newton-John. Just saying. So, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. That pretty much wraps things up for the show. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having and me. Hope everyone listens in again next month for Howling 3. All right. Bye. Bye. It's not that easy being green. Having to spend each day the color of the leaves When I think it could be so much nicer Being red, yellow or gold Or something much more colorful like that uh, I know it's not that easy It seems you blend in with so many other ordinary things And people tend to pass you over Cause you're not standing out like flashy sparkles on the water Or stars in the sky But green is the color Spring and green can be cool and friendly like that. And I know green can be big like an ocean and purple like a mountain, a tub like a Yeah, yeah. Wait, no, no, no.
Y'all hear me, it's what I want to be.